You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. Um, this morning, Lee Greer and Donna Sente are going to come and they're going to uh, help me with today's sermon conversation. That's the best thing I know to call it. Uh, neither of the three of us is truly going to preach today, I, I don't think. Um, no. Lee might get like broken down to the chicken bone preacher. And <laughs> you're there, Lee? No. Okay. Well, then we're not going to preach, preach. So um, I'm giving them the comfortable chairs today. One, because Donna's a lady, and two, because Lee's hurt himself this weekend. Uh, he was vacuuming and hurt himself. And um, I, I can't rec- va- I can't vacuum anymore. That's right. the rule of the house. Right. <laughs> Kristen's like, nope. Uh, anyway. Whatever. <laughs> This is not that not that sermon. Uh, this is on workplace. So let me just uh, kind of fill you in as to where we've been uh, the last last week and where we're going to be today, and uh, talk with you. So last week, Pastor Daniel began talking with us about taking God into our workplaces, and he said that everyone's blessed with talents and abilities, and that as we put our abilities to work, uh, that um, we honor God with our lives. And he gave this great quote, and I want to share it again because I think it's uh, that good. Uh, Dick Halverson made this quote, and he says, there's a distinction between work, I'm sorry, between church work and the work of the church. Church work is what you do for the organized institution of the church. You usher, you greet, you serve in children's ministry, you do them. But the work of the church is what's done between Sundays when the church is scattered all over the city. It happens in homes and schools and offices and construction jobs and in the marketplace. So Pastor Daniel shared last week uh, Colossians 3.23 and it said, uh, whatever you do, do uh, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And he talked to us about four points. He said that work is a blessing, that it, God intended it to give us fulfillment. He said that work is an opportunity, that it allows us to live out the sacred someplace other than the church building. And he said that work is worship. He said that, that by giving our best efforts to God, it's worship. And the last thing he said was that work is a place. It's a place where we can witness and impact uh, others. So today I've asked Lee and Donna to come and... and um, and talk together. First off, uh, what I would want you to know, for those of you who might not know, is that both Lee and Donna actually serve on our church council. So they actually lead uh, our church family. There are, for those of you who wouldn't know, our church council has representatives of all three campuses on it. And, uh, and so they serve uh, serving our, our campus, but also our greater church family in that way. But more importantly, related to today's topic, uh, they are both uh, community and business leaders um, leading organizations at very high levels, and they get it. They've been living what the topic that we are talking about today. I know they're living it, and so I just felt like these would be the people that, because they're marketplace. Sometimes I think it's really easy. I used to work in um, outside of the church. I was a chief financial officer, but I've been in the church for so long that I think it's times people look at me and say, "Oh, he's a pastor. He thinks that way." It's like, no, I, I'm a business person first. But I think it's great to have other business people, people who are not serving in the local church, that that's not their occupation, to help us talk about today's topic. Um, But God has given each of them positions of leadership and influence within their community and within their organizations. 
And uh, so last week, Pastor Daniel talked about this thing at the 10,000 foot level. We want to bring it down to the street level today. That's our goal. So we're going to talk about this in our in at the street level. So we've we've kind of talked a little bit um, earlier in the week, just kind of like talking about each other's experiences and things like that. So we're going to have a couple questions, but this isn't really so much me asking questions as much as it is a conversation. We just didn't have three comfy chairs like that. So anyway, I, hope, I hate it looks like a Q&A thing, but um, anything you guys want to say to kick it off? Or I can say, I can get us going, but... Well, um, just like to thank you for the opportunity to start with. Um, do you want us to talk a little bit about our background, maybe what sure. we do? And I think that'd be great. Okay. So um, I own a local company that does janitorial supplies. Um, so if you go into most restrooms, you will see the products that I have. If you go into the grocery store, um, especially late at night, and you see there's usually a gentleman operating a floor machine that runs up and down the aisles. So we sell and service that type of things. Um, we've been in business 26 years this year. Uh, it's a family-owned company. And so we service just about a 75-mile radius of Iredell County. And so that's kind of what I do. Okay. So. Lee, I didn't know. It's so good. And I am a realtor, and I'm also the broker in charge of Keller Williams Mooresville location. I um, supervise 170 agents as well as run my own business. Uh, so I'm a busy girl and um, love, love, love what God's called me to do. Awesome. Thank you. So that being the case, now we have a kind of a sense of who's here and how we're talking. Um, so how do you guys... How would you say you blend your faith um, into everyday work and everyday conversations? Ladies first, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, I have probably the most unique situation out in the workforce, maybe comparatively, but our mission statement at Keller Williams is God first, family second, client third. So... What a unique opportunity to, in a professional environment, be the voice that God's called us to be in our workplace. Interestingly, interestingly enough, I came from another brokerage about five years ago, and they were telling me the mission statement, so I tested them. I said, so let me get this right. So I'm going to get all the problems, right? I'm going to get the lawsuits, the problems, um, closing is falling apart. I'm going to have to try to impart wisdom at that moment. Absolutely, that's exactly what you're going to do. I said, so what you're telling me in a God-first company is I can reach over, lay my hands on a broker that's maybe sobbing in a chair with a deal falling apart for four different parties and just say, let me pray for you. I don't really have the answer, but I know who does. You're going to allow me to do that. Oh, that would be awesome, Donna. So the very first day at work, God gave me that exact opportunity. And I tested, is this truth in this marketplace? And it is truth for me. So what an amazing, unique opportunity that it's okay to be very, um, I like to call it, just live my faith out loud in an environment that allows that. 
So in our industry, we use, or at least myself, I use more of an indirect approach. Um, God may not specifically get brought up in day-to-day conversations, but there is a lot of need in our industry for honesty and integrity. Um, Since we are a service organization, we have to come through with promises and deadlines, and so when we're talking to our customers, it's, it's very important for us to do what we say and to follow through. And so I kind of use that as, as my daily walk with the Lord and to do what he's called me to do and just to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I know um, when I was not working in the church, there were times whenever people would really challenge me. I remember when my first job out of college, I had a guy who uh, actually came up and like in my face and he said I know you're a Christian and I know how you are and he says and so I just want to tell you I don't ever want you to pray for me ever I said okay I turned around and I walked off and I said dear Lord I pray for Forrest (laughs) (laughs) he drew a target on himself what can I say right I mean it wasn't there to like I wasn't going to grab my Bible and start quoting scripture to him at that point. He wasn't open. He was, you know, so I just knew, but I knew he was watching. And so early in my career, I was a public accountant. And so we traveled, we would travel five days a week, be home on the weekends. And sometimes our audits would be three, four, five, six weeks long. So I would travel with, oftentimes with this guy as one of my managers and he, you know, so every night you're staying in a hotel together, you're going out to, to dinner together as a team and all that kind of stuff. So five nights a week you're together. He always wanted to start a conversation on abortion or homosexuality or racism. And he wanted to go for all the hot topics and he always wanted to press me. And he would tell me, he's like, I'm a carb carrier member of the ACLU. I'm like, okay, do you have it with you? I mean, I just wasn't going to, like, argue with him. I just, he would, he would want to argue things, and I just chose not to argue, right? I said, I'll answer all your questions, but just so you know, I'm not going to argue. And that's, but see, that was different than what he thought. He thought he was going to get this little Christian guy who was going to, like, constantly be quoting scriptures at him, and he was going to push him and, and drive him crazy. Well, he did nearly drive me crazy, I think, a couple times, but nonetheless, I wasn't going to let him see that. I think sometimes living out our faith in the marketplace and including it in our conversation can be answering people's questions, even if they're antagonistic. But it doesn't have to. We don't have to be the antagonizers either. So each of us are like have had different experiences in that. So, um, so that was kind of me talking about um, a challenge too. So how about you? How do your how does your faith help you deal with some of your challenges in the workplace? Well, Lee's dead right that where I do get direct opportunities, I still have a lot of indirect opportunities, right, with clients. um, And I certainly just have to live that out loud, especially knowing that you can tell pretty quickly when you're looking at 10 homes in a given day what their faith bent is, or if none at all. So I'm careful to just, 
you know, ask the Lord, you know, how, how can I represent you here with this couple in this situation in a very stressful or exciting time in their life? And he's so faithful when we do that to give opportunity when it's appropriate. Maybe it's just praying behind the scenes or maybe it's um, just an encouraging word when they need it or just telling them you'll pray for them without openly praying with them uh, as, the, as the Holy Spirit directs. So I'll break that down in two parts. Um, with my employees, we, we are a much smaller company than Donna's, but we have a real sense of family. Um, so when there's a situation, it, it kind of gets brought to the forefront a little bit quicker or maybe even easier. Um, but it's back to that need to develop the relationship with your employee and or your customer. They're not going to come to you as openly or as easily if you haven't laid the groundwork for that relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, Bernie used to tell me all the time, you know, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Yeah. And so you have, you have to show them in whatever circumstances that may come about over those years, months, months or years, that you are going to be there for them, not just because you give them a paycheck or not because they buy product from you. Right. Outside of that, if, if there is uh, a trouble in the family or there's a death in the family, I, I can't tell you how many times that I've went to visit a family that's a customer of mine and just the look on their face it's like what are you doing here i'm i'm here because i feel like i need to be here for you you know it's out it's it's not always about business 100 percent of the time right so let me tag on to that um because i think you're absolutely right you're you're seizing on opportunities, right, that you see. Because you're, you're open and you're looking for them. You found an opportunity to, to love on someone that's not about business. It's not about how much product they buy or what they do or even uh, how, much, how well they serve you in the office. But you found an opportunity. Why? Because there's a need. And I think that's huge in our faith. I mean, I I think, quite honestly, that's probably the easiest way. I think it's when those moments is when it's almost as if the Holy Spirit, like, tees it up. He puts that ball, sits it on a tee. It's not even coming in at a fast pitch. I mean, he just sits it up there for you and I to knock it off. The enemy's got some challenge in in someone's life. And yet here we are, the opportunity to be encouragement, to be inspiration, to speak truth into matters, all those types of things. Um... But we have to, we have to be looking for those. Um, do you guys have any other, like examples of where you've seen those kinds of opportunities and you, you've seized on those? You want to share? One of the most amazing things about where I work is that you know they talk about culture all the time, and it's almost run like the New Testament church, where if there was a need, just like you said this morning, we help meet one another's needs. I know agents have paid other agents' bills. I know that most of the agents in the brokerage donate a certain portion of every single closing, almost every one of them do, 
to KW Cares, which is an in-house help for people in need within our brokerage. We always give silent gifts at Christmas that no one else knows about. We um, just experienced a death. The memorial is today, actually, tonight. And it was a horrible, hard time for one of the employees at the brokerage. And yet everyone has just stepped to her side. It's insane. To lose your husband is a rough, rough, rough thing. Can't even imagine it. But to know that you have the support, um, for me, that's culture. And so that's what's preached, if you will, in-house. Um, and that's when I feel like an agent is misbehaving. You know, I'll just kindly say, it just doesn't sound like culture. It doesn't sound like you. I know it's hard trip, but if you can back up and step off the emotion and do the right thing, it really will come back to you. So it's all godly principles. So in an environment where culture is taught, that is actually quite scriptural, it's pretty easy to run a parallel for me. That's good. I know one of the, um, one of the great examples for me uh, when I was working in business outside of the church um, was I had a, a Jewish boss and he um, he came to me. He knew that I was a Christian. I had a Bible in my office. I mean, I didn't. He, he saw it there. He knew. He knew who I was, all that kind of stuff. And he came to me one day, and he says, Paul, I need you to pray. And I said, okay. He says, and he basically told me that his daughter was going into surgery the next day, that she had uh, a tumor, had tumors on her both her ovaries, and that they were going to do this surgery. And, I mean, she's only 17 years old. And so as a dad, he was pretty upset you know what does this mean for her future her life ability to have kids i mean all those kinds of things and um and i don't know it was like it was one of those moments where literally i saw the ball teed up on the tee and i and it's like i just like started swinging and i said okay i said i'm going to tell you what i'm going to pray i mean i'm like where does this come from i don't ever do this but i said i'm going to pray that when you get in there that it's that tumor is just going to be like jelly or jello and they're just going to like wipe it off and there's it's not going to be cancerous there's going to be nothing and he you know he just kind of looked at me like okay and um but the next day he called me at the office he was in the hospital and he says paul you're not going to believe this they just came out of surgery he said i got to tell you what the what the surgeon said he said the surgeon said that the tumor was just like jello and they just literally vacuumed the tumor off it was non-cancerous he said i can't thank you enough she's going to be fine we're going to be one day we'll be grandparents all everything is good he said i can't thank you enough for praying that's one of those moments right you just seize the opportunity you see it you know it um and you swing at it and then God like puts the whole ball over the fence you know it was a home run but not because of my prayer but it's just because what God chose to do in that moment but but he set it up you know he saw that that had that guy come to me and we've got to seize those so let me ask you this do you guys um do you try to evangelize at work do you do you do anything like that at times and it may be different for each of you and because of what you do, but I mean, and how do you do it if you do? That's a good segue. We, we didn't plan this, I promise you. <laughs> um, back to the, what I call unintentional evangelism, where you're, you're not 
you're not trying to the point that it, it comes across as fake or unintentional. Yeah. Uh, so I've had the opportunity to lead a couple different classes, um, specifically financial peace, which we're going through right now. Um, there's several couples. I believe Connor's here. There's Connor. Um, but that started back probably 10 years ago. Um, and there are probably some people maybe here that went through the original class. And, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but now looking back on it, you know, that, that there were moments in that class that God put me in a position to reach people. Um, and at the same time, Kristen, my wife, was also venturing out in her business. And so, the, you know, the blessings were just pouring in to our church and our church family. Um, and I like to think I had a little bit to do with that. Um, but ultimately, it's, it's him. Um, and then a, and another kind of success story more personally, you know, you and I had a conversation about giving and it'll be given back type thing. And this was very early on when I was... In sales, um, I've kind of moved on from that um, a little bit. But I had a particular customer that I had been talking to about a group of products. And they were not getting the approval from the CEO. It wasn't in the budget. It wasn't in the budget. You know. So we just kind of put it, put it back on the, the back burner. And then a few weeks later... Um, there was an opportunity in our church where there was a need and you know somebody need their power bill paid and so the holy spirit kind of gave me that nudge and so talked it over with Kristen and we wrote the check the very next week i i got a call from that customer and he said i need you to come in we need to go over this project that we thought was pretty much dead in the water. The CEO of the company had walked in and basically said, why don't we have this? We need to have this. And this was back when I was on commission. That commission check was exactly 10 times what the power bill was. Wow. And so, you know, that... That really opened my eyes early on about the importance of giving and tithing and you know, doing what we're supposed to do and back to doing the right thing. You know, is it the truth? Yeah. Where I used to work, it wasn't so Jesus-friendly. I remember a conversation getting called into the office and uh, my broker said to me, you know, please... You know, can you just keep your faith down a little bit? And I apologize that I just honestly would not be able to do that. Uh, and, you know, I understand from a corporate standpoint, you have to be careful about things. Who knows what would happen in a situation? I don't know. I don't know all the ramifications of that statement. 
And I, you know, it didn't really hurt my feelings. It kind of made me giggle because I was praising the Lord at the same time that perhaps my faith was being evident in some way, right? So uh, this person said to me, you know, this is going to bite us eventually. I said, oh, it already has. Can I share how it's bitten you? (laughs) So I just started to tell them how I had, because I was their realtor, I had referred them to Financial Peace University and God had saved their finances. I, because I was their realtor, I advised them to go to a marriage Bible study that had saved their marriage. Because I simply was their realtor. They had come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and that their homes were never the same again. Finally, after about four of those, I got the wave and said, carry on. (laughs) So I think if we are really careful not to be offensive and more, let me spin it how it's been awesome. I think that that sort of verbiage in the workplace will go well for you. And then if you get a slam dunk from there, just keep your mouth shut. You know, that's a decision that you have to make. And I get it. Jobs are important. We're all trying to, you know, provide for our families. How I'm intentional now in a situation where it's welcomed is that I intentionally look for opportunities. One of my biggest jobs there is to teach brand new realtors fresh out of school, shaken in their boots. They have no idea uh, what's about to happen to them. And so every other week I have an hour meeting with them, teach them contractual and just the whole process of selling and buying a house with clients. So before I open that up every time, I give always give a word of encouragement because sales is a beast. Is it a beast, Lee? It's a beast. It's a beast in your head. It's a beast in your heart. And there's a lot of realtors out there, a lot of competition. And I just encourage them. Often I start by telling them how much I'm praying for them, which is truth. I tell them I've been praying for you. I know how discouraging this industry can be, just being patient while it gets rolling because you're in sales. People got to know who you are, that you're not a secret agent, and that you're working hard. And that takes time. Often the Lord, as I'm praying about that meeting in preparation, will give me a scripture or um, a devotional to read a little piece of it. And what an honor to have the privilege for that to be okay, right? But I also have to capitalize and follow through with that. With the privilege comes heavy responsibility, and I know that. So in the middle of that, I'm so thankful when I step up because there are many times when I don't, y'all, just like you. When I know I've heard and I just got busy or I just got stressed and let an opportunity pass me by, when the Holy Spirit will tap me on the shoulder and say, Donna, boy, that could have been used for my kingdom. And so then I learn, right, to step up the next time. So that's good. So what I heard you say uh, early on in part of what you were talking was is that you've, you've shared your faith in environments whether it was open to the gospel and you had permission, like open permission or not, you just, you chose your methodology differently in each of, each one based on the circumstances. And I think that's really good because I think a lot of times we think um, that to live our faith at the street level and every day we have to somehow either look like a televangelist or a, or a street Bible preacher or something like that in our office place. And I'm, I'm convinced that we don't have to do that. Um, 
So let me give you the other half of a story. A few minutes ago, I told you about the guy who came up to me and said, I, I know how you Christians are. Don't ever pray for me. Well, I prayed for him for two years. So when I was leaving that company, it was because the company was, uh, they were filing bankruptcy at the end of the week. It was a public accounting firm. This would have been in 1990. And in those days, you still found a job by going to the newspaper and finding the want ads. And you were lucky in 1990 if there was one whole column in the Charlotte Observer of accounting jobs. It just weren't numerous. And so you were lucky if there was a whole column there. And now there's going to be a whole accounting firm on the street. A lot of accountants, a lot of qualified, competent accountants looking for work. And so I had this guy, this manager, call me to, my, to his office, and his wife was there. And he said, uh, can you help me carry this box down to my car? And I'm looking, and there's like, okay, there's one box for you, and there's one box for her. But okay, I'll, I'll help you do that, sure. And so I carried the box down to the parking garage, and I get down there with him and his wife. And he stops me, and he said, I want to ask you a favor. I don't think I've ever asked you for one, but I want to ask you for one today. And I said, okay. He said, I know what I told you two years ago. He says, you probably don't even remember this. Yeah, I remember it. He said, you probably don't even remember this, but I was pretty in your face. And I said, don't ever pray for me. And I said, I do remember that. And um, he said, I want to ask you, he says, I don't know how easily I'll find a job right now. And um, he said, my wife and I were, were pretty, pretty scared. And he said, would you would you pray for us? Would you pray for me? And I looked at him and I said, Forrest, first off, I said, I want to apologize to you. I said, because I know what you said to me that day and I've been praying for you for the last two years. And I said, it would be my privilege to pray with you today that you're going to find a job and you're going to find it quickly. And so I just prayed with him and his wife and they went on their merry way. I happened to go back to a business reception where a lot of my old colleagues happened to all be in the same room. And this guy comes up to me and I didn't know who he was. And when he got right up to me and he said, Paul, hello. I was like, oh my Lord, this is Forrest. Forrest had lost probably about 60 pounds. He had quit drinking. Um, And he came up and he shook my hand. He says, I want to thank you for praying for me. A year ago, he says, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. He says, I found the job in three weeks. And he says, and I'm, I was making more money than I was making for the accounting firm. I'm taking care of my family. He said, uh, our lives are different today. He said, my wife's in church. He said, and I'm close. I said, close is better than where you were before. So I'll take close. And I said, and I'm counting on the fact that you're going to find the rest of the way there. He said, I really appreciate uh, the way you treated me. I didn't always treat you so well. I, I didn't go to to work every day and preach. I didn't, you know, I didn't go to work and like whip open my Bible on my desk and you know tell phones come and say, hold on just a second, I'm reading my Bible. And I was nothing like that. I just lived my faith to the degree that they could see it. And um, but somewhere along the way, I, I wasn't trying to pound them with the Bible. But the reality was is that the gospel was pounding them nonetheless. And that's the thing I want us to, one of the things I want us to see is that um, whether we say the words Jesus loves you every day or we just simply live it, 
the gospel is powerful and it 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 makes itself known in our daily activities in our daily lives and so um, we're evangelizing whether we know it or not you're you're evangelizing if you're living your faith if you're trying to be pleasing to God and you're trying to love others we're evangelizing every day but we may not be using uh, words that make us sound like a street preacher or a televangelist agreed yeah. and we don't you don't have to chase and like Paul was saying you don't have to chase them around the office with your Bible um, you know some of the most impactful situations that we've all three probably been involved in is when we weren't doing the chasing but they came to us yeah you know when 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 they when they had the need they know who to come to and so as long as you make it known to them that you're there for them they're going to come when they're ready not when you think they're ready but when they're ready and then that's the time that you can be the most impactful do you feel like you've ever missed an opportunity sure seriously mm-hmm. i think i think Absolutely. people need to know that because i think sometimes you're sitting here listening it's like it's all we're telling all the things that god does but i think there's a reality too that we miss a lot of opportunities a ton and the awesome thing about the god we serve that is so grace-filled toward us is he lets us have another one <laughs> yeah he doesn't say well you blew that one your your uh, opportunities are now over he gently um chastises us with words of man we could have made a difference in that moment help me here because we're his hands and feet and from there the holy spirit is the one that convicts from there the holy spirit uses our words to really make a dent in someone's hearts because our words just aren't strong enough without that power one scripture that challenges me incredibly is peter 3:15, where it says always ouch always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but always do it with gentleness and with respect. That's a big call. That's good. Would you would, would you say that's kind of an overarching principle for you? Do you have some kind of overarching principle that you live by as it relates to that? I don't know that I'm a mission statement kind of person like you are. I don't have one. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so I'm sort of a big picture person, and so my heart cry is, you know, in the morning is, Lord, this is a new day for you. So I got a busy one. I got a packed one. But in the middle of that, would you be my margin on a piece of paper? Would you be the margin that I don't have? Would you give me words I don't know about? Would you give me situations that I honestly step up to and give me the grace to see it and hear it? Because when you're awful, awful busy, you miss stuff. You know you do. You miss everybody around you, um, and I am totally guilty of that. But when I stop and rededicate that day, okay, I'm doing things my way today, and it ain't going well. So, Lord, it's really you and me. And it's what you can do, and give me eyes and ears to see the need around me. That's really similar because I don't do, I don't really don't have a mission statement per se, but I do have a, a daily prayer, and it's really similar to that. Mine has always been, Lord, will you, 
let me see things the way that you see them and will let you let me know what you think about them and then will you give me the courage to walk it out in a way that would be pleasing to you and that's really my daily kind of thing of how I I've tried to live out my faith not only while I've been a pastor but even more importantly before I was a pastor that's the way I lived it out in the marketplace so um any final thoughts anything anything we haven't covered that either you've thought about over the last week or so that we since we invited you to participate in this and I just, I just think this is really amazing that we can do this um, it, it kind of makes me want to brag on our church a little bit because we're different, but we're different in a good way. And it just goes to show that there are more than one way to do his work. It doesn't have to be the same way. Everybody can do it their way. And, and the talents that God's given each and every one of us are different. And they're different for a reason. So we can be impactful in our community you know, in our families, in our church. And so I, I, just, I just praise him and thank him for the, the gifts that he's given to me. And, and I hope that I can continue to give the way that he's asked me to. For me, as a, as a daughter of a pastor, I saw ministry full-time at my house. And um, I thought, inappropriately so, for many years that that was the only full-time ministry that you could have was to be a part of a pastoral team of some sort but God has shown me in his mercy that we are all pastors that we have a job that we often neglect to be his you know hands and feet and that that is full-time and that you're going to touch somebody I'll never see and that I'm going to see somebody that you'll never know and that that's full time for me in whatever way it applies at the moment. That's good. Uh, this is sort of athletic. Yeah, I would say so.
That's good. That I is so, that's so true. Awesome. Yeah, give him a hand. That's how he is. I think that's awesome. Yeah, babe, I will tell you that. There are days that your text messages got me through. <laughs> Seriously, and I appreciate that. It's priceless. Um, it's such a blessing. And I know that's a power um, behind us. And likewise, you know, often when I'm ironing his shirts, I'll iron his cuff and I'll say, Lord, every, every place this arm touches, may it be anointed for the work of your kingdom. May his head, I'll do his color and say, may his head not turn away from me. As a man out in the workplace, may he be faithful and continue to be as he has been for 40 years. Lord, as he brushes up against someone in need with this shirt, may it exemplify you and bring glory to your name. That's what partnership can do in a marriage or with a friendship. And it is the biggest spiritual warfare you can do outside of anything seen. And thank you for that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's one of the things we're trying to encourage. Is That's why we're talking about this topic today is how do we do this in the workplace. So that, one, we feel like we're supported with each other. Spouses, yes, but friendships also. I know that I have people who pray for me regularly. I have people... Uh, that I pray for, and I'll text them when I'm praying for it. Listen, if your name, if you ever get a text from me and says I was praying for you today, it's it's not. I'm sorry, but it's not because you're, you're. I pray for you every day. It's because the Lord brought you to my mind, right? And you're praying in those moments. Again, that's our faith in those moments, and we can do that whether you're a pastor or not. Because the reality is, is um, you know, we want to live our lives for Christ in a way that. Um, we are his disciples and that we are disciples who make disciples. And part of that is, is influencing others so they know who Christ is. Uh, my friend Billy says it all the time, and I love the way he says it. This whole thing is about Jesus. This isn't about you and I in workplace. This is about you and I living our lives in such a way that they see the Christ in us. Um, and so we want to make sure that that's what we're doing. So I just want to say a couple things. So for this whole series, though, it's been two sermons. We've really had two goals. One is that you realize that we've all been called to do the work of the church, not church work. You understand that? Only a few of us in this room have been called to be pastors or something and do church work or volunteers. But all of us have been called to do the work of the church, which is to go and make disciples. Um, the other thing is that we wanted you all to know, or really the goal was, is that we could inspire all of us um, in practical ways. Thing, ways that we can live this thing out in the lives of um, in our lives and, and in our workplaces and in our schools and in our wherever we're at in our day-to-day -day activities that we can be um, Christ's hands and feet. Here's the thing: is most people, if they've never uh, been in a church or haven't been in a church in a long time, they wouldn't say they've seen Jesus. But here's the interesting thing is, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then he left us to replicate that. So the reality is, is that I could say to anybody that I've ever worked for, if you've seen me, you've seen Christ. Now, there were a few, there's a few moments along the way they, they purely saw me, right? But if they saw anything good, they saw Christ. And that's what we want to do, is we want to live our lives in such a way that people see Christ. Because Christ um, has given us hope. He's given us a future. He's given us life. He has um, made it possible that um, 
we don't have to live uh, the way that everybody else around us live. I've worked in offices and seen the fear, the desperation, the boredom, the um, insecurities, the sense of loss because of what's going on in personal life and businesses and had people say to me, I, I don't get it. What, what do you mean you don't get? I, I, don't, I don't get it. Why are you not? I mean, when that accounting firm went out of business that week, I had so many people saying, how are you still smiling? And I just told them, I said, because this place has never been my provider. And I'm, I'm not committed to this job as my first and foremost. I've, I've got a life and I've got a faith that's outside of this. And the reality is, is people see it without me having told them why. They were already seeing it. They just didn't understand why. How many of you know, um, you've ever watched the show Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna Gaines? How many of you ever watched that show? Listen, Susan and I watched that show for the first season that it was on. They never, ever said anything about their faith. They never prayed on TV. They never did anything. And we would click that thing off and we would look and say, they've got to be believers. They have to be believers. It was so obvious that they love Christ, yet it was not produced on TV in anywhere anywhere there was no they, they wouldn't even put any scripture verses up on like they wouldn't show anything that was like on the wall art or anything that would give it away on the TV but it was so obvious that they loved Christ why because they were living their lives in just the way we're talking about um, you may not think that you can be Jesus because Jesus was perfect but here's the thing is I found out that there is one action There is one action that does not require perfection from anyone. Love. How many times have we ever said to someone, you aren't, your love isn't perfect. Your love isn't good enough. Your love, right? If someone's expressing love to us, if someone is being genuinely loving to us, we we just readily accept it in, in any way. That's what Christ has called us to do, is to love others in a, at the street level, right? Not in this 10,000-foot biblical sort of a way where we can quote all the verses and all that kind of stuff and say all the books in, of the Bible in order, which I couldn't do this morning before service, right? He says, love. That's how we do this every day. So this wasn't planned, um, how we would conclude this you pray for us I would really want you to pray over us that we live this thing out in really practical ways whatever the Lord puts on your heart would you bow your heads with us Father what an assignment we have it it's daunting honestly and we blow it a bunch and yet your grace is sufficient for every day so with renewed vigor toward your perfect will in our lives. We grab hold of tomorrow and the day after and the day after as a venue for your work. Yes, we'll get our tasks done, but Lord, I'm asking that you allow us to bring as many people as we can into your kingdom in whatever 
position that looks like, whether it's just planting a seed, watering it, cultivating it, praying with them to accept you as Savior, Lord. We embrace every opportunity. Give us eyes to see them. Give us foreknowledge of need. Give us prophetic words that are kind and comforting without judgment in Jesus' name. I thank you for our congregation. I see that desire all over their faces to do what you've called them to do. And when you call us, Lord, you totally equip us. So send us forth with power and might. And may we love as our pastor just described. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.